welcome to season two of the Future Positive Podcast, part of the Future Positive community. I'm your host, Head of Customer Education. No, I'm not. I'm your host, Phil Hobden. I didn't even get my name right. <laughs> it's a good start to the episode, isn't it? I'm your host, Phil Hobden, Head of Customer Education at Capitalize. And as always, I'm joined by Kirsty McGregor, founder of the Corporate Finance Network. Good morning, Kirsty. How are you? Oh, Phil, we're obviously getting tired of these Zoom calls, aren't we? We can't remember our name now. It's a danger of when you when you put together a script and you read from a script, what happens is if you read the script wrong, you just miss out. Like, I know what my name is. I've had it for, for 40 plus years. How are you anyway? Are you enjoying this 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 mini heat wave that we seem to be having? At yeah, I think we're on the last day of it today where, where I am. And so I've got to make sure I get outside and get some rays uh, because uh, we've been talking about being stuck in hotel rooms with Kate in the in the with poor air conditioning and uh, i've got to get get outside and get some fresh air today well i think everyone on my street has decided that this is the right time of year to have diy and and home improvements done so i've got builders i've got window people i've got roofers i've got the whole work so um yeah my day is going to be shut indoors in my little office with no aircon and no air so it's always fun but anyway look we're not here to talk about that um we are here to have another deep dive into uh with another great guest uh for a topic that we think will be absolutely valuable for accountants so this week our guest is kate upcraft kate is a technical writer editor public speaker and lecturer on all matters of employing people, primarily payroll and HR matters. Prior to setting up her own company in 2005, she was a payroll legislation manager at Marks and Spencers, where she worked for over 20 years, 11 of them in payroll. So Kate, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, guys. That's our pleasure. We were having a great conversation before we started recording about um, about public personas and and stuff like that. And it's really interesting, isn't it? Like like it's really interesting. Like you do these things like podcasts and webinars and and I say you as in the kind of royal you. Um, and and then like yeah, and then you can sometimes be different off of it. And like Kate, you sound a bit like me that you have this kind of like public kind of like face, and then then you just go home and you just go. Ah, shut the door, shut the windows and chill out. Yeah, absolutely. And and I suppose in a way that's probably like other people in our profession because we spend our day dealing with customers, whether they're employees, external stakeholders. So you, everybody needs a piece of you during the day because you, your role is very, very customer focused that you're probably a bit spent. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that, that day hasn't, doesn't come to an end when you've been in a pandemic it's been like 24 7 as, as it has been for you guys yeah I, that's exactly it I think you know this and, and all everyone wants is a holiday and everyone's <laughs> like you just can't have it at the moment um, yes exactly it's 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 like it's there but you can't get it but uh, <laughs> well look welcome to the podcast so Kirsty, what are we going to be talking to Kate about this episode oh I'm so excited about this episode to talk to Kate because um I suppose prior to the pandemic, our worlds never met. Corporate finance and payroll didn't really <laughs> come, come together uh, very often. However, in the past 15, 16 months, whatever we're up to now, um, if, if Twitter did a top five accounts that you look at, Kate would definitely be in there for me. She 
is one of the ones that I kept going to, in fact, several times a day at certain points <laughs> of last year. I was checking out what Kate was saying and obviously seeing her on the accounting web webinars and sometimes being on the accounting web webinars with me, thankfully, I was able to, to relay all the, all the questions uh, to Kate that were very technical at times. And let's face it, there were people on those calls at certain times of last year that were so frazzled, in fact, probably scared in in truth um uh, the responsibility that they had yeah um and the stress that they were under uh, was, was just absolutely excruciating for them and kate was a calm voice able to direct them gently through all of the legislation and all of the guidance and, and it was coming out last minute and it was it was very very stressful but let's just rewind pre-pandemic those people that haven't worked in payroll and don't know of you what roles have you had in the profession um, prior to that? And I, I love the fact that I found out you, you get quite involved with policy and, and helping the profession interact with HMRC. Yeah, well, I, I kind of that stems back to when I was at MS, when we started to get to talk to HMRC simply because we were a very large employer and on the basis that if we couldn't make things work with all the resources at our disposal, as in new legislation, then how could a small business ever hope to do that? And so having been involved in that, when MS in their wisdom decided that they would move everybody up to Manchester and create a shared service and thinking we would all move too, we were all mums who lived and worked in London. So we were all so kind of cast to the four corners of the wind. I then initially went to work for the Institute of Payroll and Pensions Management as it was then. And that's when I started to do a lot more um, lobbying work. And for me, it's been a, it was more than a passion to share the knowledge I got from the operational side of, of what I'd been doing and wanting to help that link between HMRC and any other government departments who would listen and employers for them to get an understanding of what it was like on our side of the fence and you know I, I wish we could and still could achieve more than we have done but at least over the years we've kept that sort of um, stakeholder link going and I'm still now I'm vice chair of the employment tax committee at the institute of chartered accountants and that's where I've done a lot of work over the last year on the CGRS um, and, and, you know, working with the team. And it's kind of ironic to me that we've got now a CGRS stakeholder forum starting next week when we're coming to the end. You know, why has it taken so long to have a proper group that can be trying to um, untangle some of the massive complexities that are going and are troubling people. Yes, I know we've got compliance for the next six years to worry about, which is kind of, uh, I guess, part of the reason for this, but this should have happened a lot sooner, but at least we've got it now. I'm also still um, the representative on the Student Loans Committee, which has been very involved in what we've done this year, which is bringing plan four and, and all of the, the devolution aspects of that particular piece of work that we do. And it's also given me the opportunity to spread that knowledge globally because I've been, I work very closely with the CEO of the Global Payroll Association, Melly Pitsy, who I've known for many years. Uh, Mel was very conscious that there wasn't a, a, a representative body that really connected payroll professionals across the world because there are so many people 
in countries that are operating UK payrolls but are not based here and need to understand the intricacies of you know a country that's got the most bonkers tax year let alone uh, you know a tax code that's longer than anybody else's um, so that global reach and them trying to manage the global teams that I know now not just our job retention scheme but a job retention scheme in every country in which they have employees so we think we've had it hard in the UK think what it's like to be you know a global payroll manager when you've got you know 30 40 countries that you're managing sometimes with only a handful of employees in each um, but it makes no difference they're still your customers and you've still got to know everything um, about them so yeah I suppose it's it's always just been a, a desire for me to try and make things better for both sides if the policymakers understand what business is like and particularly what the bureau world looks like and the accountancy practice world that's got to be better for the policymakers you would think as well as it will have benefits for us yeah you would think um, <laughs> and uh, it's yeah it's it's great news that the stakeholders um committee is starting it's great news that they finally brought in that upload of uh, from 16 employees upwards and not not 100 upwards which we were fighting for right at the beginning yeah it's slow but finally <laughs> we're, getting, we're getting to see something it's exasperating isn't it and uh, uh, what i absolutely think brilliant and i wish there were more people in the profession that did this you give your time for free in most cases. You volunteer really in a lot of these roles because you want to make a difference. And if there were more people like that in in the world, I suppose, then then we'd you know we, I'm sure we'd we'd make progress much much quicker. And it's been it's been fantastic to get to know you a little bit in, in this time. Well, it's lovely to see you you know face to face as opposed to just a, you know a video pick on a on a, a yeah webinar or something. So no, yeah, so nice. Thank you. We'll get a proper face to face meet at some point. <laughs> and, and your Twitter feed is I've loved your your posts. Um, you can feel the pride that you're posting when now you know payroll agents have been thrust into the spotlight um, this year and um, and you know how how those teams have have been able to become so important to, to businesses and and accountants and and practice in the economy in general and rightly so because they've worked so so hard but the stress has been unbelievable now you're you're hoping that we're going to be able to recognize and appreciate payroll teams aren't you you're involved in the accounting excellence awards aren't you yeah i was absolutely i mean i was speechless which people who know me would be find quite hilarious because i've always misses talks too much um but to get that award last year um from the team at accounting web because you know accountants have not not traditionally seen the payroll teams and people like me as somebody who were even really part of their profession because apparently all we do is press a button once a month then we go and do our knitting for another three or four weeks but I think over the last year the scales fell away a little bit from people's eyes so for the team to to give me that award and you know and it was so lovely to to have the presentation from people in the industry like at CIOT and ICAW who to, to you know to say how important our profession had been as part of the finance team generally but then for the accounting team to say so we need a payroll team of the year award next year was really the icing on the cake and because it's my last year because I retire um, next March anyway it, it I just hope it gives an impetus that we can keep going you'd never would have wanted a pandemic to bring your profession into the spotlight but you know i'll take whatever it me makes to to give us 
what we should have always had, which is the recognition that we're finance professionals too. And without us, the country wouldn't have carried on going to work and functioning or being furloughed over the last year. And a lot of businesses would have gone under because calculating and claiming that government grant, which actually has got nothing to do with payroll, it's a government grant. But the assumption was because it was going to be paid out through the payroll that we would suddenly have all the answers and be able to do all that as well. You know, those teams, that's why they're burning out because they've been doing their day job. They've been coping with homeschooling. They've been getting ill themselves and they've had to take on, particularly in the practice world, all of the the clients worries and the clients i don't know how to do this so you must be the experts because you do my payroll and you'll do it for nothing won't you <laughs> um all of that piece as well so please if you you're listening to this and you have a payroll team that you can't think how is the best way to show our appreciation put them forward for the team of the year award because they absolutely have been the unsung heroes they were classed as key workers at the beginning which is great but they really have stepped up uh, over the last 15 months. And sadly, a lot of them are now leaving the profession because they just can't face you know, the sort of stress that, and pressure that they've been under to keep delivering. And that's the sad side of this. And, and I hope there are businesses out there that, that recognise that we're getting very close to losing a lot of very good people if we're not careful. That doesn't surprise me, actually, to hear that. Um, uh, you know, it's human nature, isn't it? That, that there's got to be easier jobs to do than than being in payroll with all the technicalities and the time pressures. And, and HMRC didn't help, did they, with, with the last minute news and guidance and legislation and so on. So is that one of the things that you're most concerned about now as a challenge going forward so that we, we make sure that we've got these professionals available to business um, and, and to the economy, um, yeah. you you know you mentioned there about the compliance issues for the next six years. Is training and skills and retention of, of uh, sufficient people in the profession something that that you you're hoping is is going to be resolved? Are there any initiatives for that? Yeah, I mean, see the the. <laughs> And, and this, the whole gender piece feeds into this as well. If I, when I'm lecturing, it will be 95% of the people will be female. So if you think that it's a profession, a profession that's predominantly female, so they've obviously had a lot of the homeschooling pressure as well as working at home. It's not to say dads haven't helped, but our profession predominantly is, is female. They've probably of an age, if they've got children, that they're thinking, well, now, if I can't do this, I need to change careers or I might even retire. So we've got a lot of people at that age group who are thinking, oh, enough is enough. So how are we backfilling and what's the profession doing to bring the talent pipeline in? Now, what we've traditionally always done is always looked for people who are already qualified with qualifications and brought them in those people are just not there now and what we've got to do as a profession is use the new level three and level five apprenticeships we've got to bring people in with no payroll knowledge at all and train them that this is a career this is not an accidental thing you fall into which is what's happened to all the rest of us I never would have been told at school you can become a payroll manager and then a payroll consultant and run your own business because people don't even know it's a job 
So the vast majority of people of my age will say, oh, I never meant to do this. I was going to, like me, I was an HR manager who thought stupidly she could become payroll manager of a company with 100,000 people. How daft was that? Because I had no understanding of the skill sets being different. But we need now to get youngsters in. And I'm a skills coach for level three. And out of my payroll apprentices, I've got a mix of people who are now picking up payroll as part of their wider finance role and need their sort for some proper technical qualifications because they feel exposed just because they can do all the other stuff in finance. Why should they know how to do um, employment tax? Nobody would throw them into VAT without telling them how to do it. But I've also got people who've chosen to leave school at 18 and this is a career they've chosen because there's a qualification and the business can get funding for it. And that's great to have that mix of people because those youngsters are that talent pipeline. And we've got to show them with the progression through from three and then hopefully into level five that it, they can see a career here. Not that it's, oh, I'll do this for a couple of years, then I'll go and do something more sexy elsewhere in finance. Uh, you know, So that's what we've got to break down as a as, as, as a stigma almost of this whole payroll clerk tag from the 1950s of, you know, it, it's a back office admin job. It's not. It's a very technical, IT driven, complex role, which also has to have massive customer skills as well. So, yeah, come into payroll, please, because we really need you in within that finance HR bridge piece for the future. So would you would you advise and encourage practices? Most of the uh, listeners on this uh, podcast will be accountants in practice. So would you encourage them to look at recruitment? I mean, I can see there's a real growth potential of payroll teams. And you're quite right. All the practices I've worked in, the the payroll um, department has usually been quite a, a, a static department. It's usually been the same one or two people that have been in there for 20 years. And, and and they they just live in kind of a little silo and just get on with it. But really now what we need to see is the opportunity to grow that department. Massively. Offering, offering yeah. more clients who just don't want to be in this position to have to run their own in-house teams anymore. There are growth potentials. So if, oh, if the hugely. firm specifically in for, into that department, much as they take on a tax trainee and they take on accounts trainees, it's it's another it's another string to their bow as a firm then isn't it yeah it's it's a a very very useful way of getting a clients in generally because after the last year you're pushing at an open door many businesses just don't want the risk of ever having to do all this on their own again and they're also realizing they are massively exposed because they haven't thought about the cover that's needed for that person. And if they have had somebody in payroll who has got poorly in the last year with COVID, nobody else knows how to do this. So from a business continuity perspective, people are thinking I need to go where there is dedicated resource. So it doesn't matter what happens in my business. I know my staff are still going to get paid and that contract I have with them socially, not just as a legal contract, is going to be met all the time. But we must not leave those payroll teams, as you say, Kirsty, being the people sat in the corner and not given training and support and involvement from somebody senior. There must be a partner responsible for the payroll team who understands employment tax. 
because it is and it's sad I have to describe it as employment tax and I still have to do that to get people to talk to me because payroll doesn't have the same cachet as employment tax. Employment tax is a tiny bit of payroll. We do way more than that, but that's the only way often to get people to talk to me. But in the last year, I will suddenly get unsolicited calls, WhatsApps, etc., from partners in practice who've suddenly realised that it's a very long time since they did any employment tax in their qualifications. And suddenly their clients were asking for all the information and perhaps they haven't invested in their payroll team's training as much as they should have done. And so now as the senior person, it's all coming back to them. So if you don't want to be in that position in the future, make sure you invest in their training as much as you would in any of the rest of the tax team, because they're doing something that's just as technically complex and a business critical as anything else that your practice offers. So let this be a wake up call. You can make money out of this if you accurately price this and don't underprice it because that gives the impression it's easy. Um, you're never going to make a fortune out of payroll services, but it can certainly give you the opportunity to bring in a lot more add on services once you get that payroll piece. So absolutely, you know, this is the moment to seize that as an opportunity and also, you know, show your difference to other practices by, by supporting your team. And now we also saw a new rep body come out of last year in the Payroll Bureau Association. And it's been lovely to, to be part of, of the, um, the growth of a, a particular association for payroll practices, which we've not had before. So they're working so well together because it is a very different role to an in-house payroll team. You know, you're juggling so many more clients who all think that they are the only client, understandably. And you tend to find when you're talking to people, you are either a bureau person or an in-house person, and they are very different skills. And when we need to address that, and it's good that they've got now an association to, to provide that cohesion and, and share best practice, definitely. Oh, my goodness, Kate. Well, with all your experience and all your enthusiasm and passion for the industry, I cannot believe for one minute you are just going to disappear from our lives next March. Absolutely. <laughs> shutting the laptop on the 31st of March. <laughs> we need you in the somewhere. Please stay involved somehow. <laughs> Phil, inspirational, isn't she? Oh, my God. I, so, look, I mean, of all the podcasts we've done, this is the, probably the one where I have the least base knowledge, right? So <laughs> the payroll and, and HR is, is, is something that I've never touched on, really. It's, it's not been at any point. I get paid, and I, I, I'm, I'm amazed by the by – the, it's, you know, in my career, probably 99% of the time I've been paid, it's been right. And you just kind of go, that's magic, right? And you just expect it. You expect to be paid right every month with all the tax – holiday everything else done and you never think that there's a team of people behind it and to hear kind of actually that there's someone that quite often is, is ignored or not really trained or, or looked after is, is actually heartbreaking because they, they probably have one of the most important jobs in the whole bloody business really when you think about it but so, you wouldn't feel ever and, and this is not being a you know a pejorative is would you have particularly picked the phone up and said thanks for paying me accurately it is no. an assumption isn't it yeah. And, and if that ever happens, people are flabbergasted because all you ever get is, I've got 10p less than last month. The world's caved in. Tell me why. Well, maybe your tax is rounded. Like, but, you know, it's, it's that sort of relationship. There's never a, wow, thanks. There's a, oh, my God, you've got it wrong. 
It's one of those, it's one of those cogs in the wheel of industry that if you took it away, the whole thing would fall apart. Yes. Now, like I used to run my own business, and but it was more of a consulting business. So very rarely I had to pay people. But I can guarantee on those rare days where I had to pay someone for something or a service, I was faffing around trying to work out a spreadsheet trying to work out what the right thing to do was trying to find the bank details to pay and like sitting there and literally cursing every second of doing (laughs) something because it's not my wheelhouse so to think that actually if you took that cog away from the wheel of industry how much everything would fall apart like how people wouldn't get paid and then it's just like wow we really don't appreciate these people well, it's interesting you should say that. One of the OTS reviews that I actually sat on the panel for was the small business review. And what we were looking at there was the real barrier to growth is the first time you take on an employee, because that's when it, it becomes real and scary and flipping difficult, as yeah. you said. And I don't, well, I haven't a husband on the payroll now, as many businesses do, not sure quite what he does for his salary, but that's another issue. (laughs) But, you know, I would not have wanted to take on employees working for me because I know because all the client work I do, it's really hard work. And now, and probably now as well, the auto enrollment pension and it's absolutely. Yeah. And none and of that went away, of course. You know, none of the pension stuff, none of the other responsibilities over the last year went away um, alongside all the newness as well. And uh, like, I, like I, I've definitely had a, a massive education in an industry that I've worked in for five years over this past year, working with Kirsty and I. The amount I found out about kind of other areas of accounting and, and the industry and like the, the effect of, of furlough and and working it out and the the time and which is like I think Kirsty, I remember having a conversation when the government kind of said oh there's there's an amount where you can automatically do something and below that it has to be manual and you're kind of go I think manual was like 250 employees and you're like 100 and that's it's 100 that's that's right I just mentioned that it's gone down to 16 as of a couple of weeks ago which um is hilarious really that it's taken over a year to, to get them to do something about this blinking spreadsheet. But I mean, I, I've stayed away from tax all my career since I qualified. And, and Kate's absolutely right. You learn tax when you, you get your qualification and then you either go into it and you, you're all over it or you stay way away from it. <laughs> it changes so quickly, yeah. irrespective of COVID pandemics and grants and things, that, that you've just got to specialise in it or, or it's really difficult, I think, to keep on top of it. And... You know, I had no desire to understand uh, uh, where payroll taxes and, and employment taxes were up to um, and, and was thrust back into that world and was had so, so much respect for anybody that works in that in that world this year because it, it, it's just been, irrespective of the administrative burdens and the stress burdens, the actual technicalities have just been crazy. But what I'm going to do is when, I, when, when we finish recording, I'm going to message... Um... Uh, Louise and Cintish at Capitalize, who do our payroll. Um, thank you. And I'm going to say thank you. Um, and I'm going to say thank you for paying me correctly every time for the past few years I've been here. Because actually, I've never said that. And you're right, we should. So if, listen, if, if, if you take away anything from, podcast, anything from this podcast today, just thank the person that pays you. Not the business, not, not the bank but the person that actually 
presses the button because actually they are really the unsung heroes of your office. <laughs> um, Kate, thank you so much for joining us today. Not at all. Thank you. Oh, you Great to up. meet you over the you know the last year, Kirsty, as well, and and for all the work you're doing in the sector. It's been a pleasure. I need to catch up with you before you disappear off. <laughs> <laughs> so you can find out uh, more about Kate at uh, kateupcraft.com and on Twitter and LinkedIn, but obviously only until the 31st of March <laughs> next year. And then apparently Kate's retiring. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 like, I'm with Kirsty on this. I think there's too much knowledge and skill base. We might have to tie you to that hotel room. Uh, look, it's been yeah, fantastic talking to you. Kirsty, um, great chat. Great chat. Really, really enjoyed that. Thank you. Yeah, um, Kate is um, yeah powerhouse. Powerhouse Thank in the guys. profession. And obviously, you can find out more about Capitalize at uh, capitalize.com. You can find out more about the Future Positive Community at futurepositivecommunity.com. Uh, our next episode will be with uh, Della Hudson, who is an accountant, mentor, speaker, uh, and uh, loads and loads and loads of other things. I've known Della for uh, a few years now, and... Um, Absolutely. We're going to have some really interesting conversations around around all of that. So um, join us for the next episode where we'll be talking. Della, Kate, thanks again for joining us this episode. If you are listening to podcasts for the first time, you can subscribe on uh, Amazon. Uh, you can subscribe on uh, um, Apple. You can listen to us on Spotify. And if you have an Alexa, if you have an Alexa, say these words. Go, Alexa, play the Future Positive podcast. Wow. And it does. We've made it, Phil. It's brilliant. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Uh, We'll be back in uh, a couple of weeks' time. Um, Thanks again and uh, take care. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye.